Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. It's time now for our Washington reports. We will be looking at how the country's made in America policies are alienating their allies to highlights from French President Emmanuel Macron's state visit to the United States. Let's talk about these headlines and more with John Donaldson, Associate Professor of Political Science, School of Social Sciences, Singapore Management University. Good morning, Professor. Good morning. How are you? Very good, sir. It's been a while. How have you been? Well, I've been uh, been terrific. Thank you so much. Quite a number of headlines to get through, starting off with U.S. President Joe Biden's Made in America policies. Could you tell us a little bit more about these policies? I guess more importantly, the motive and how this is going to be enhanced. Yeah, politically, this is the answer to uh, Donald Trump's uh, Make America Great Again. Traditionally, the Democrats have been the party of the working class, but uh, Donald Trump very famously on many grounds, not just economic, but also social, has been appealing to that to that working class. And it all harkens back to the days, you know, post-World War II, where uh, manufacturing was really one of the major drivers of the U.S. economy, and that people without much formal education, non-college graduates, could uh, get a good job that could feed a family. Most Many of those jobs have gone overseas. Manufacturing jobs have uh, decreased greatly since their high in the late uh, 1970s. Uh, but they actually increased under uh, under Trump and continued to increase uh, with Biden. But there's two major changes. One is that the jobs, the manufacturing jobs, are no longer those old kinds of jobs. They require a lot more in terms of, of education. And the second is there's a question about, you know, how sustainable uh, they actually are, given the costs of, of, of manufacturing. Uh, in the 1940s, uh, non-farm jobs, uh, manufacturing represented about 15% of non-farm jobs, and now it's less than 10%. It's around 8%. And so still not a substantial driver of uh, jobs in the ways that many working class people would like to see. Hmm. Professor, I remember a time, sometime late 80s, early 90s, this popular culture notion of made in America. Wow, it's got to be expensive. It's got to be better than everything else. My relatives would say that as well. Oh, you bought this from America. It must be very good. With this policy, is it to create this sentiment again or can it potentially alienate, I don't know, say U.S. allies? Uh, it, it, it does both, actually. You're okay, right. Okay. That the uh, that it's it's not just in terms of high quality, but trying to bring back all kinds of manufacturing jobs uh, to the United States. There was a rust belt uh, that was created uh, uh, as manufacturing jobs went uh, went abroad. Ohio, Pennsylvania, parts of New York, and um, and those were the the states that went uh, for Trump. And so this is an attempt to appeal all kinds of jobs, not just high-tech jobs. High-tech manufacturing has still remained uh, pretty strong mm. in America, but other kinds of things like steel or other sort of things like, uh, you know, uh, those traditional sorts of uh, stereotypes of yeah. the working uh, factories. But in terms of, you know, in the 80s, it was, a lot of it was uh, propaganda. It was, uh, you know, right. trying to convince American consumers to buy American. Right, right. Now there's much more teeth in terms of Biden's policy. Okay. Professor, Joe Biden also vowed consequences for Saudi Arabia after oil production cuts, but it looks like the U.S. has no plans to follow through on that. With gas prices falling, has the White House's, how should we say, initial bitterness about this decision, has it subsided in your opinion? I don't think so. Uh, Biden uh, thought he, uh, in a secret deal, thought he had a deal with the Saudis not to cut 
uh, I'm sorry, yeah, not to uh, cut oil production uh, through the rest of the year. This was important because inflation was a major issue during the, the last uh, midterm elections. Even though oil prices are, uh, 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 are decreasing currently, they're still very high in the minds of American uh, consumers, which is a very car-dependent uh, culture, as well as going into winter. And so uh, all of those becomes major issues. The problem is there's very little that Biden can do to the yeah. Saudis. Uh, because most of the things that we're doing with the Saudis are actually in U.S. interests. And so the idea of pulling out troops or, you know, other kinds of ways of uh, trying to punish the, the Saudis is, uh, you know, it's against American interests. Mm. And so that and then with the change in Congress, it's going to be very difficult for Biden to receive much uh, congressional support for anything that he wants to do, because even though the Saudis are not well loved on either side of the aisle, it's going to be difficult to reach any kind of consensus on any kind of issue uh, with this Congress. Mm-hmm. It looks like a bit of a pointless threat in that sense. Uh, better to play ball, I, I suppose. Right, right. And maybe some symbolic kinds mm-hmm. of things, but mm-hmm. in terms of things with teeth, it's very unlikely uh, that, that Biden can get much done because Iran is still an issue. Yeah. And Saudi Arabia has traditionally been not a friend, but an ally in terms of uh, the U.S. trying to deal with with uh, Iran and other uh, powers in the Middle East. Mm, that's a good point. We also saw French President Emmanuel Macron making a state visit to the United States. What were some of the highlights for you? I believe he has been slamming the U.S. on a couple of issues recently. Right, right. Macron uh, talking tough, but really it's not just the French. It's really all of Europe concerned about uh, these bills that uh, Biden has passed, as we talked about earlier, to try to boost American manufacturing. Uh, They sniff of uh, protectionism. But really, this is part of a wave of retrenchment in terms of globalization and the global commitment to uh, free trade. There used to be a consensus that really started with with, uh, U.S. uh, President Clinton in America that free trade was good for America. But now, especially with Biden, But really, there has been protectionist sentiments all along in America. Those protectionist sentiments have come to the fore. That it's amazing how U.S. Europe was able to create a great consensus in terms of Ukraine. But these kinds of trade issues don't threaten those kinds of consensus, Mm. but really increase tensions. And it's going to make cooperation more and more difficult. Macron was just the spokesman in that sense of uh, European uh, irritation. It's interesting, right? Because we have seen since President Biden took over this push to build that relationship with an area like ours, ASEAN, and there seems to be a bit of neglect as far as Europe is concerned. So relationship building needs to be wider. Right. I mean, that's the problem is that the most uh, scarce resource in Washington is presidential attention. Biden has always considered himself to be quite the expert on foreign policy. He mm. in the Senate. He was the chairman of the of the relevant committee. But, you know, again, not much tension, not much. Uh, uh, there's only 24 hours in a day. And the U.S. Has, has ever since Obama, uh, well, really, the Democrats, Obama, uh, as well as Biden, have been attempting to, you know, quote unquote, repivot back to Asia. But as that happens, it's going to be natural that attention is being drawn elsewhere. Ukraine is going to make it impossible no. to completely shift to, you know, to Asia. Um, uh, but, you know, again, the idea that of Asia's growth and that, you know, China and the tensions in Japan, as well as the trying to develop relationships within ASEAN, all of those have been very important and, quite frankly, neglected 
issues in, in recent American administrations. Mm. Uh, Professor, talking about relationships, there's the other one, the U.S.-China relationship, where economist Stephen Roach has said that the U.S.-China relationship is no better under Biden than it was under his predecessor, Trump. Okay, what are your thoughts on this one? <laughs> I mean, I think he's right. He, he used, I think he used the word wor- may have worsened. Oh. I'm not sure they've worsened, but, they, um, uh, but they're certainly no better. And this, you're seeing a, a shift in consensus really between Nixon and Obama. Uh, Even though uh, Republican candidates, Democratic uh, presidential candidates would criticize, uh, uh, you know, presidents that they were running against for coddling dictators, for trying to warm up to China. When they entered office, there was a consensus that we had to work with China to bring them into the international infrastructure, join WTO, other kinds of international organizations, and help to uh, see that their interest is in uh, engaging in international practices and complying with international norms. Now, with Trump, there's a consensus, Republicans and Democrats, that that strategy has failed. Yeah. And that uh, you're going to see more and more confrontation, more and more China bashing uh, among uh, U.S. policymakers on both sides of the aisle. I don't want to say it's an unnecessary tough stance, but it does feel that this race to be the leading economy in the world ends up being a case of if I can push you back, I can stay ahead, if you get what I mean. Yeah, there's, 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 yeah, there's, there's definitely that. Um, and, and I think that, you know, U.S.-China interests have never really been completely aligned. There yeah, are yeah. some points of interest like environment yeah. and terrorism. And then we also have to look on the China side that, that Xi Jinping has a lot to do with the worsening relationships, the, the you know, the uh, saber rattling mm. and really the increase in authoritarian uh, controls in the country have been uh, an important part of that tension, as well as North Korea, which is always, the, you know, the, the elephant in the room. Yeah, that's true. I've been speaking with John Donaldson, Associate Professor of Political Science, School of Social Sciences at Singapore Management University. Professor, thank you so much for your time this morning. I do wish you a great week ahead. You too. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.